0: Hi, and thanks for listening to Table Scraps. This is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. What follows is an interview with Chris Tomlin that I did earlier today. You'll notice that shows what's behind a lot of contemporary praise and worship music uh, and what the goal of it is uh, to create an experience of the closeness with God. Enjoy this edition of Table Scraps Radio. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Table Scraps on Table Talk Radio. Uh, This is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, and I am on the line with Chris Tomlin, Uh, He's been called the premier songwriter in the modern church's praise and worship music. Four out of the top 12 CCLI songs are uh, his songs, including the number one hit, How Great Is Our God? Uh, And if we do the math right, his songs are sung by more people on Sunday morning than by anyone else in the world. He has a new album out titled Hello, Love, and he's from Austin, Texas, right down the street from Kerrville, Texas, my own my own hometown, Chris. Welcome to Table Talk Radio.
1: Hey, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's start it out by asking this question: What makes a good praise, uh, a good praise and worship song?
1: Ah, oh, wow. you know, for me, worship. Um, what I what I've come to understand is that worship to God is our response to Him. It's the way we respond to Him for who He is, for His greatness, and for what he has done in our lives. It's just, it's, it's so, uh, it's, to me, a great worship song, uh, um, is something that, uh, is a true response. I think it comes, um, just out of your, a real authentic place, a real humble place, a, a place of awe, a place, um, of gratitude, a place of deep love for God. Um, I think when that's your starting point, it's as a response. Uh, just for His greatness and His grace in our life, that's a good starting place for a uh, for a worship.
0: Well, that's great. And, I mean, that I actually wanted to get to that question, but you went right to it, and that is the question of what is worship. And uh, I think, did did you, Chris, say that uh, our worship then is an authentic response to the greatness of, the, uh, of God and the things that He's done for us?
1: Yeah, I would say that. And uh, I would say worship is um, it's a big word. It's a, uh, it has a, a a lot of a lot of meaning in that one simple word, but I think when you boil, boil it down, it's, um, it it is that it's our response to God for who He is and what He's done.
0: Yeah, this is a good. What and I'll just let you go with it for a little bit, but could you just speak a little bit about the things that God has done and that uh, that uh, that our worship is a response to?
1: Well, I mean, one, I mean, I think primarily uh, our we worship God for who He is, whether He no, does another thing for us or not. He's already sent His Son for us. And, um,
0: now, I think I, I read a, uh, and looked over a few of the lyrics of your songs and noticed that uh, the greatness of God is one of the big themes. In fact, the, the number one song, How Great Is Our God, it, it has that repeated theme, the greatness of God. Um, w- what about that greatness? Where do, where do we personally see that greatness of God? Um, I see.
1: I think we see it. Um, the great. I think the greatness of God is is evident in creation. To me, I, I see so much of uh, just that when you when you consider the heavens and the earth, like David said, when you consider the heavens and the earth, and what is man that he is mindful of me? That God would breathe out. that He could breathe out all that we see, that was that he could seek it, and it would be that is that's that's just a glimpse. Of the greatness, and you get a glimpse of just how massive, just how massive creation is, um, and you see that. in the Bible says that He holds it in His hand. That's that's great.
0: Oh, that's good. What? Uh, how then for for worship and for praise music? How how does the role of a worship uh, leader or a praise song leader, which is I think your vocation that that you have uh, how does that fit into the to the worship of God in other words, when you're up there leading worship what what's your goal what do you want to accomplish what do you what are you trying to do
1: that's a great question you know i I want to um, several things I want to do i want to, i think a a major role is to be um, have presence yet not a performance and sense of you have presence because you're a leader and there are people that you know that are appointed leaders at different times, and you are the leader for that moment. But it's not about you performing; it's about you having a presence before the people to draw the people together, to lead them to God. You're not leading them to yourself; you draw them together, but you lead them to God, and that's where humility comes in. So I think it's presence and humility: it's the presence to uh, to have to draw people together, but the humility to to back out of the way. Kind of go out the back door, if you will, and make God as big as you can. Make His name, His fame, His greatness, His grace, the center point, and let let people focus on that. And so, I try to write songs in that way that that point people that way lyrically and all those different kinds.
0: No, that reminds me of what uh, John the Baptist said about Jesus when he said, "I must, I must decrease, and He must increase." And it seems like that's the—I mean—the worship leader has to have this humility there as well. Uh, Chris, uh, w- with the with this discussion of the presence of God, how how do you know uh, when you say to lead someone into the presence of God? H- how do you know when you've arrived in the presence of God? I mean, what what indicates that to you?
1: You know, that's a mystery. There's a mystery to it. You just try I, I first of all, that um, the Holy Spirit is with us, is in us, the um, presence of God. We we, we carry that in the, as the Scripture says in these earthly bodies. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit that was um, you know, part of the part of the Godhead, three in one, the Holy Spirit. I mean, not like some like step brother of the Trinity, but part of God is in is in us through the Holy Spirit when we, when we as we know Jesus, is. and that uh, so there is that part of the presence of God when we're all together that is there with us, but it's a sense of um, you know, it's a phrase that is that it, it is interesting, it, interesting. That God inhabits the praises of His people. You that? And yeah, yeah, really. Sure, from the that Scripture is not really said that way in the Bible. I mean, it's not. There's no like. It it comes from Psalm 22, but it says God sits enthroned upon the praises of Israel, and that is a it's an interesting interesting verse, and uh, I think that's interesting that when we praise Him, when we praise God that He is. That we build His throne. That's what Psalms do, think We build the throne of God when we praise Him, and He sits upon that throne, he sits on the praises of His people. And I think that's a little bit of way of saying that these people be trusted trust God, we, we, when we get we gather to praise Him, there's something unique about it. It's hard to explain, but I know when I'm standing in that moment, you just know it because it's something unique that you can't do anything else. There's nothing. There's nothing else in the world that does that. There's no, you can't get together and just sing a country song or a pop song or, or just
0: any, sing any
1: kind of song that you sense that. But when you sing your worship song to God, you, when you really focus your heart and your attention upon who He is, and you're doing that with people, there's something powerful about it and very unique, Um.
0: Yeah, that's. You, I wanted to ask you about that too. I'm glad you brought it up. You, when you're not singing a country song or rock and roll song or something like this, I know a lot of people of contemporary Christian musical can criticize it for being rock and roll. But but it seems to me like it's a completely like it has its own genre. Do you consider yourself a? I mean, that you're pl- up there playing rock and roll, or 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 do you think? Or do you agree with me that praise and worship music has its own unique kind of genre and feel to it among all the different musical styles?
1: Uh, It does kind of have a genre a little bit, but, you know, different people um, play different things, and I think it's just, you know, I I, I think it's more of just playing the music that is kind of modern to the time, playing a style that is modern to the time, you know, that wasn't, um, you know, a hundred years ago, they didn't have electric guitars, and there there weren't amps, there there wasn't a lot of amplification and sound systems, and mics, Drums and didn't have the drums set like it is today. I mean, things times have changed, and you're just we're just playing music that is modern to the time. And so uh, that's the only way I that's the only way I really approach it.
0: Sure, here's a. Uh, I was thinking about this a little bit when when I was um, getting ready for this interview, Chris. The, looking at your songs and number one hits, and this it's kind of a stunning thing that to think that the the songs that you write are sung in worship probably by more than any any other author or musician in the entire world that these songs are um are are yours and they are in the mouths of the lord's people and the old the old church the ancient church had a saying lex credendi lex arendi, which is uh or or the other way around lex arendi, lex credendi which is the rule of of prayer is the rule of faith. It basically means what we what we pray and what we do in the worship on Sunday morning affects how we believe. and And I was thinking about that. And if that is true, I think that would make you, uh, perhaps, the most influential theologian in the United States, if not in the entire <laughs> world. Uh, which is quite a thing to say. Man, I don't want that title at all. Uh, <laughs> you might you might have it anyways. I I, I wanted to talk. Then oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris there's
1: something powerful about songs, you know, it just gets in you. Um, you, uh, it, it puts, it puts the words to, when you sing it, it puts it in the memory very fast. And that's why I'm so careful. I'm writing songs that are theologically sound. That, um, you know, they, I don't just, this isn't just my opinion that I'm singing about. These are coming to, the, all these songs are coming straight from scripture. I have lots of friends, I have lots of circles of friends who, who, no more than me to, um, to check these lyrics with. Because I want to carry that responsibility well. I want to teach people very well about the song.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the most important things to me, too, is that is that all the things that we say and all the things that we do, all the things that we sing um, hold forth the Lord's truth uh, in clarity and don't have anything. And so, I mean, that's great to hear You know, the responsibility that you take. Um, I wanted to talk, though, just a little bit, perhaps, about your theology. Um, one of the things that we talk about in theology is a material principle. I don't, uh, Evan, who's on the line, is listening, is taking notes for his seminary classes, but the material principle is kind of the center of someone's theology. So we can say, like, the material principle of of Calvinism is the sovereign God who um, has given eternal election uh, the material principle of a lot of kind of uh, pop uh, TV preachers is that if we believe, if we have strong enough faith, we can be healthy and wealthy and this sort of thing. The material principle of, of Lutheran theology, which is what uh, I'm a Lutheran pastor, is that we are justified or declared to be forgiven and holy uh, by faith alone through Christ's death on the cross. So I was going to ask, what uh, if Chris, if you could give us your material principle, what would Chris Tomlin's uh, material principle be?
1: Um, I would say that uh, I would really, I would really align myself with um, with what you just said um, in the sense of that Jesus has done it all. That um, He He paid the price. We don't. It's not about. It's not work. Um, I can't do enough things to please God. He made a way for us in that in that way, and um, He's taken. He's taking he's taken it all upon himself and that is why that is that just causes me to bring worship to him because of what he has done uh, and what God has done through him. And so I would say that, that's I would really align myself with what you just said about I'm justified and then, and made right with God through faith.
0: This could be breaking news that Chris Tomlin is a Lutheran, so that's great to hear. <laughs> hey we like to place a a game on uh, on table talk Radio. we like to it's kind of a theological game show that we have is so i thought we, if you're game you you want to try a game i'll i'll explain the rules to you if you if you like to play sound all right chris
1: i'm i'm, I'm. I'm down.
0: All right. This is the, it's called this, the game is called contemporary or traditional, and the way it works is we give a, a, put forth a hymn and read the first stanza or something like this, and then we have to determine if the if the hymn or the song is contemporary or traditional. And the way that we make that determination is that if it was written before or after 1750. So if it's written before 1750, we say it's traditional. After 1750, we say that's a, that's, uh, that's a contemporary hymn. We picked 1750 because, um, first of all, it just sounds kind of obnoxious to say a hymn written in 1800 is contemporary, but also that's the, kind of the mark of the shift from, from the more traditional, uh, objective hymns to, to, in the age of Romanticism, uh, a little bit more uh, kind of subjective and emotional hymns. So that's the way the game goes. So what I'll do, Chris, is I'll give you the title of a hymn and the first stanza. I ch- I picked slightly obscure ones so that you have to we have to work with the words to try to figure out when it was written. Sound all right? You ready?
1: Yeah, I don't know how good
0: I'm going to do, but go, let's go. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, w- when Evans playing, I don't know if he ever gets these right. So uh, that's part of the fun. This is the hymn is called "Salvation unto Us Has Come," and here's the first line, uh, the first stanza: "Salvation unto Us has Come." By God's free grace and favor, good works cannot avert our doom; they help and save us never. Faith looks to Jesus Christ alone, who did for all the world atone. He is our one Redeemer.
1: Um, I would say that it is contemporary.
0: Contemporary, and hey, that's a good guess. What you want to guess? Uh, what when you think that was written?
1: Um, I would say. Uh,
0: 1800. that's a this one this actually is uh it's one of these banner lutheran hymns that's why it probably is unfamiliar it was written by paul spiratus and it was published i believe in the year 1524 uh it it was one of the first lutheran hymnals i think with there was eight hymns four of luthers and a couple uh, spiratus hymns so that was a not contemporary that's right i'm going to give you another chance chris okay you're going to get a consolation prize anyways but okay thanks. All right, here's another one. This is called, O God, O Lord of Heaven and Earth. Here's the, here's the, I'll give you the third stanza, talking about the Lord Jesus. Thou camest to our hall of death, O Christ, to breathe our poisoned air, to drink for us the dark despair that strangled our reluctant breath. How beautiful the feet that trod the road that leads us back to God. How beautiful the feet that ran to bring the great good news to man.
1: Um, i'm gonna just i'm gonna
0: go with contemporary again well i yeah that's good that's right that this is a i don't know if you know Martin Franzman but this is a martin Fransman hymn it was written in nineteen sixty seven uh so you got that one right hey two hundred points chris uh for that which uh which i think uh, beats uh, evan's all time record for this game so congratulations on that <laughs> right. hey could you tell us a little bit about this new album coming out
1: uh yeah uh Hello, love is what it's called. Uh, yeah, uh, hello, love is what it's called, and um, it is it it comes up September second. Um, very excited about these songs uh, for the uh, that are there, and I feel like there's lots of songs for the church again. I, I continue to try to write songs that again that are going to find their way into the church in different ways in different kinds of churches. I feel like there's a lot for right? different people and different styles and um, very proud of it. Very proud. of I it. think it's the best one yet. Honestly, um, as far as just with the songs, the, way the songs, turned out
0: well. Chris, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, and um, and uh, and we'll look uh, we'll look forward to seeing this album uh, when it when it comes out, and uh, and maybe keep in touch. It'd be great if we could have you on again, and and uh, thank and, you, uh, and hammer out some more of these questions. So thanks a lot. All right, man. I'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Table Scraps. If you'd enjoy this, you can find more audio on our website at tabletalkradio.org. Download our regular uh, episodes uh, where we play games and uh, discuss the Lord's theology with a lighthearted twist. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can click the Donate Now button on any one of the web pages on our website. Uh, thanks again for listening. The Lord's blessings.